Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Okay, today is Thursday, September 26th. Welcome, everybody. And let's, we have again, uh, as usual, a very busy slew of stories to get go through today. And I want to introduce our participants and their stories. So the, our first participant is here in New York, Maria Monte. And she wrote a very interesting story about how law firms nationwide are increasing the reach of their public finance and restructuring practices in preparation for an eventual recession and its impact to the municipal bond market. And out in Chicago, Kaylin Devitt, uh, she went to an investors conference where the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, she touted the vision for the city's resurgence. And to Harrisburg, PA, we have Kathleen O'Donnell, and she talked to bondholders who recently went to something that's no longer a dream, the American Dream Retail Entertainment Complex, which is opening in less than a month. She talked to them about what they saw at a site visit earlier this month. Okay, let's get started with the very interesting that Maria uh, wrote up, talking about law firms and their increasing their um, their size, and especially in California. So this whole story, how did this come about? I came up in conversation with a source one day. We were talking pensions, and they mentioned that they were noticing many law firms were widening their bankruptcy and restructuring practices specifically with regard to public finance. And as a distressed muni bond reporter, this is very intriguing. And so it kept coming up in interviews with other people, this trend, and it hadn't gotten any attention yet. Uh, the people initially were uncomfortable going on the record, but when I specifically started reporting on this, it was largely acknowledged. These firms are expecting municipal distress to increase, and they're preparing their businesses to accommodate that eventuality. So then what do you think uh, prompted this uh, trend? So in munis, we have landmines, torpedoes, and meltdowns, and they all add up. That's and right. all of these little things for municipalities, it's concerns about legacy debt. It's a fear of an economic downturn and the impact that will bring overwhelming infrastructure needs. And the current dynamics in the market are allowing more speculative issuers greater market access. In other words, deals that wouldn't usually get done are getting done because of the lack of supply and the thirst for yield. If some of those start to go belly up, there will be demand for additional public finance and restructuring attorneys. And so it's not going to be overnight. It's incremental. It's building your practice for the next five years the next 10 years. It's all about the long-term planning, especially when you consider that we don't have that much Chapter 9 case law yet. It makes sense to invest in obtaining the expertise on that front now rather than later. So in reading your article, uh, are there any specific regions in the country or sectors specifically that are receiving more scrutiny? I cover California, and that's where we started. And in California, we've seen three bankruptcies in the last decade, Stockton, Vallejo, and San Bernardino. So it sets up a precedent of possibility. But it's not necessarily a specific region or sector. It's the credit concerns that add up. Deferred infrastructure costs, increasing legacy debt expenses are both major factors here and impact uh, municipal credit quality. They're sort of banking on pension expenses becoming overwhelming for these municipalities. But again, it's the project finance deals, your skilled nursing, amphitheaters, and other consumer projects, transactions that receive market interest as a result of the current thirst for yield and lack of supply, and the projects where the credit 
candidates may have received less scrutiny because of those factors uh, that are largely of concern. And of course, the sectors that are already seeing distress, uh, healthcare and higher ed, for example, could also be an opportunity here. Well, that's very interesting. And like you said, uh, pensions are definitely uh, landmine that's coming for the municipal bond market. So thank you for your article. Let's move on to Chicago and Caitlin Devitt. How are you doing out there, Caitlin? I'm pretty good, Young. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, so you recently went to an investors conference uh, with, I believe, over 300 participants. You've had uh, investors, bankers, and rating analysts uh, where the new mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, uh, talked about the big budget coming up for the city of Chicago. Now, this investor conference, is this sort of an annual tradition that the city hosts? Yes, it's an annual tradition, um, and it's, you know, as you said, it's an investors conference, so you've got bond buyers who come, bankers who come, rating analysts who come, and other market participants. And they usually gather one day. They usually spend the morning. This is what they've done in the past, and they also did it last week, where they spend the morning going on tours. Um, to vary, they have different tours they can pick, you know, pick and choose from. And then they usually have a lunch with the mayor and with the CFO and different financial people from the city. And then in the afternoon, it's, um, the mayor gives the talk. In the past, it's been Rahm Emanuel. Now, of course, this is the first time for our new mayor, Lori Lightfoot. And then the CFO, and then they have different panel conversations. And then afterwards, there's a reception. Now, anything different that happened this year? I mean, obviously, besides having a new mayor. Yeah, that was the big difference this year. It was sort of the first time for people to hear from Lightfoot. Um, she came into office in May, and she has not really. She's talked a lot about the financial challenges, and she's she's kind of laid out some of you know her plans and her proposals to address it. But she but she hasn't really. Um, I think we're going to all have to wait until October 23rd when she unveils her fiscal 20 budget to really get a sense of the details. She hasn't really laid it out in particular for investors. And so for many of them coming to town, this is the first time they had to meet with her or hear directly from her, her ideas, her vision for the city, what she thinks is important, her priorities. And the same with the CFO, her, their first time to a lot of them to meet face to face with the CFO. Right. Now, the CFO, that's Jenny Bennett, by the way, right? And Yeah. And short of details, like you said, October 23rd is the big day where they actually released the budget. Did the mayor make any other announcements at all? There was no real news. Like I said, it was sort of just a chance for them to meet her. I don't think people were really expecting a lot of news. I think that one thing you do kind of – she did kind of get into – her proposals for asking the state for help, they're going to really do that. That's going to be something that she's going to rely on to try to close this $838 million um, FY20 budget gap. So some investors said that they were hoping to hear a little bit about that, and she did talk about that. But that's nothing new. So there was nothing new new, but it was a chance to meet, and it was a chance to get some more details. She kind of repeated what she'd said before, that the property tax increase is on the table, even though she doesn't want to do it, that she's going to ask the state for help on pensions and on a casino and some other things. So, um, again, no new news, but a chance to gather and to talk with each other and to hear from directly from the administration. Sure, that's always great having a face-to-face -face, uh, meeting with the new administration, especially, like you said, brand new mayor. Uh, no one knows 
too much about her. She didn't. I think when she got elected, there was no finance team uh, uh, announced for a while. So, but I do have like a two-part question to end uh, uh, our our talk. The first part question is: since you were actually there, do you think talking to investors, getting their sense of, do you think uh, meeting the new mayor sort of assuaged their concerns going toward the future? And I think you did mention in your article that one potent, uh, one investor said that he noticed that the calendar, upcoming calendar for the city of Chicago seemed fairly light. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say assuage their concerns. I think that they enjoyed hearing directly from her and got a sense of her priorities and what she thinks is important, including you know, something like economic development, which is something that she's going to really stress, which a lot of investors brought up. That's not something that we necessarily focus 100% on, but that's something that she talked a lot about, or social justice. So I think they really appreciated that. But, you know, everyone I talked to said the same thing, which is October 23rd, the budget. That's what they're waiting for. That's what they want to see. Um, and I would just add as a side note that, like I said, because she's going to ask the state for some help, she's going to ask the state for some help in the veto session, which is starts on October 28th. So that's going to come basically a week after. So we're all kind of trying to figure out how the timing of that's going to work if she wants some help from the state on some stuff that she thinks is going to bring in additional revenue and yet she has to propose her budget ahead of that um, veto session. But anyway, and then on your second thing, yeah, that's this new budget. It, the, um, that investor was right last year during the investor conference. It was a big deal. I don't if um, some of our listeners might recall, because that was when the Emanuel administration unveiled that $10 billion pension obligation bond right. proposal that they wanted to do. And so that was like, wow. Um, that actually is probably still on the table. The CFO, I talked with her afterwards, and she said that's still on the table, but, you know, probably much smaller. And 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 when I say on the table, I just mean it's one of kind of, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to do it. They're, they're just still kind of considering it. But otherwise, in terms of new money geo issuance, Bennett said that there's really nothing. They don't have any pressing needs right now. So they don't they um, they don't really envision probably coming to market with new money geos this calendar year. However, they are going to do a uh, financing of some geo bonds, probably through their securitization sales tax securitization structure. And the reason why they want to do that big refi is because they want to they want to generate about a hundred million in debt service savings. That's a big piece of plug in their budget. So that's a that's a deal that they want to bring to year bring to um, market before the end of the year, but not but less on the new money side. All right, right now I don't know if you can hear that, but I am scribbling down October twenty third. So. That's a big day for uh, for the city of Chicago and its investors. So thank you very much, Caitlin. Thank you. Bye. Oh, bye. So now, October 23rd, two days later, we've got Kathy O'Donnell on the line now. How are you, Kathy? I'm very well, Young. How are you? All right. Two days after October 23rd, when Chicago releases a budget, you've got the opening for, drum roll please, American Dream. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, in less than a month, we've got uh, a, a, this long-awaited retail entertainment complex finally coming due. But I understand it's in stages, which we'll get to later on. But uh, the big news that you reported is that on September 12th, there was um, uh, a site visit for bondholders who went to the American Dream uh, and got to see look around. And I know you spoke to some of the folks who attended it. Uh, what did you learn? What did you learn from them? Well, young the people I spoke with said there were about twenty-five to thirty people that participated in the tour of this entertainment and retail project. 
uh, which, as you said, is expected to open in phases starting on October 25th. And they were quite impressed with the entertainment portion, uh, especially the water park, which someone called Terrific. Um, but they said there was a good bit that remained to be done on the retail side. And uh, that is consistent with a schedule of opening dates that American Dream released last week. Yeah, you know what? I, in a way, reading your story and the whole uh, complex, I, in a way, I would be the, the perfect candidate. I've got a family. I live in Bergen County. And believe it or not, we were planning to go there, but since they announced these stages, where stage one at the opening is simply just a, uh, a theme park and no other restaurants until the spring, it's sort of like I might change my mind. I might not go. So t t tell us about the actual stages. And you know, if I do bring my kids, if I happen to do bring my kids, where, where are we going to eat? Well, Young, if your kids want to eat at one of what American Dream refers to as, uh, quote, more than 100 carefully curated dining destinations, unquote, they're going to have to wait until March 2020. Ooh. But the Nickelodeon Universe theme park and an NHL-sized uh, ice rink are scheduled to open on the 25th. Uh, then there's going to be a DreamWorks water park, and that's going to open on the 27th of November. And Big Snow, which will allow you to ski and snowboard 365 days a year on real snow, that's going to open on December 5th. So if you uh, want to put the kids on that, that would be something to do then. And that would accommodate um, Bunny Hill beginners and all the way up to Black Diamond experts, apparently. Um, it's also going to offer private lessons and coaching and kids camps, um, so that will be available. Then the retail portion, which is going to include names like Saks Fifth Avenue and Dolce & Gabbana and Tiffany & Co., that also is not going to open until March of 2020, according to American Dream. And um, one of the folks I spoke with who attended um, said the retail portion really is the question mark. And from what he could see, there appeared to be just one um, kind of altogether finished retail storefront. Um, so, well, the caliber of the rides is likely to draw people like your family, you know, with kids. Right, right. Um, whether it's going to attract tourists um, and folks like coming from New York, you know, luxury shoppers, um, who are going to leave Manhattan to shop in New Jersey, that is kind of an open question at this stage. Yeah, that's the big question. So, But all seriousness aside, even though it sounds like a fun place to bring the family, let's talk about the stories you've written, and especially about the bondholders. And I know you've written about um, pilot payments, which are payment in lieu of taxes. And I know overall bondholders are very keen to monitor the progress overall of the business side, the development at American Dream. How does the success overall of this of the businesses there, of the stores that open, tie in with a bondholder's ability to get paid? I'm glad that you asked that. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of an oversimplification, but in terms of the pilot, uh, you know, pilot payments, those pilot bonds, um, the rental payments from the tenants that are in uh, American Dream uh, will con constitute most of the operating income of the American Dream Project's retail component. So if the retail uh, doesn't do well, that could mean that Amarim, which is the um, 
referred to as a developer in the limited offering memorandum. That means that they would collect less in rents, which are our primary source for the pilot payments, and that could impact the bondholders, so that's important. And also, kind of referencing back to uh, Maria's story, uh, it's important to remember that Amarine is a essentially a single-purpose LLC. So if it you know, runs into trouble, there's really no guarantee or support for the pilot bondholders, as one uh, one analyst remind me, reminded me, so that's important to keep in mind. When it comes to the so-called tax, sales tax or grant revenue bonds, um, the linkage to the retail success is even more direct there, and that's because the state has agreed, uh, subject to legislative appropriation, to pay grant uh, payments to the developer. And the amount of grant revenue payable over a 20-year period will be equal to 75% of state sales and use tax revenues, uh, which are directly realized from businesses that operate American, at American Dream. So essentially, less sales by American Dream businesses would equal less state sales tax, which would equal less grant payments, and that would equal less money uh, to pay the grant uh, revenue bonds. It's kind of an oversimplification, but that's... that's um, that's what they're up against. So it's it, suffice it to say, it's important for these businesses to do well, uh, so that bondholders can get paid. Yeah, definitely a uh, domino effect, and uh, uh, it's going to uh, depend a lot on the retail, which again is surprising because when they announced October twenty fifth, you would figure retail would open and then take advantage of the Christmas season. But right now, it's going to be spring break by the time the stores open. Mm. All right, Kathy, I've got one last question for you. So um, overall, what what do you think was the general sense you got from bondholders who took the tour as to how successful they expect this project that's been long awaited for decades when I think the last when they, it was first announced, uh, President Clinton was in the in the in the White House. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What what are their feelings in the general sense? Well, there seems to be a good deal of faith in the folks, the expertise of the folks at Triple Five, which is, you know, the real developer. Um, and they also operate Mall of America in Minnesota, which is quite successful. So there was definitely, I would say, a sense of comfort with these folks having been around the block and really understanding um, the entertainment component and kind of delivering this package of entertainment and retail together. So I think there was uh, some degree of comfort there. Um, and people took, talked about the, you know, the amount of skylights and kind of the clean white walls. And it was a kind of a very impressive uh, venue. I think most people, or the people I spoke with anyway, came away feeling very impressed with that. Still, however, um, there is of course concern over the future of the retail business in this age of ordering things online. And in addition to that, the possibility that there could be a recession. I know that you will take your kids there in a recession, <laughs> but you know just you know how it will how it will all shake out. So, as one uh, person told me, you know these folks in Minnesota know what they're doing. But he added that um, the proof will be in the pudding when the place opens up, and I would say that is kind of the takeaway from it. Yes, the proof is definitely in the pudding. And barring any other major news, who knows, maybe next time we uh, ask you to come on the podcast, maybe I've already gone there, taking the NJ mm-hmm. Transit from Port Authority, which is around the corner from our offices, straight line to the American dream. But thank mm-hmm. you very much, Kathy, for your work. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Maria. And thank you to our podcast producer, Anthony Phillips. But most of all, thank you to our audience for listening in. Have a good day.
Thanks for listening to the Muni Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.